Free Indeed is the title of the message this morning. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 1, Jesus went into the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning He came again into the temple, and all the people came unto Him, and He sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought in unto Him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what say that? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard him not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground, And they which heard it, being convicted in their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even into the least. And when Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst, Jesus lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, and he said unto her, Woman, Where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. That's the only that's the only words we hear her say in this story. No, no man, Lord. And Jesus said to her unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You know, as we read this story, it's interesting. people's reaction first off to this story just because it's kind of crude in in its story. In many of the ancient manuscripts, this verses 1 through 8 were left out and one of uh, the theologians from back then said that it was left out because there was a fear that this could even teach immorality. It would be as if maybe you would say, well, this woman, she just got off scot-free. Like, there was no judgment passed on her. But I think that we miss the point completely. And that this is not a license to sin by Jesus Christ. But in the first time in this lady's life, it was a license to be set free from sin. 
What an interruption here. Hey, think of these Pharisees, these scribes. You know, this woman was obviously guilty. She had broken the seventh commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And I don't know if she was trapped or framed into being caught like this. They didn't bring the man. There's several reasons. Maybe maybe he was a Roman. Couldn't be tried under Jewish law. Who knows? But the fact is that this was, you know, really could have... Jesus is in the temple teaching. And here they come. Bringing this woman to Christ for all the wrong reasons. They were bringing her to Christ to accuse her and then to accuse Him. But in our lives, we can bring people in bondage and ourselves to Christ to be set free. Free from the darkness. This side of religion we see here and as we see through all the gospel of the scribes and Pharisees, it's really a religion of no heart, no mercy, no hope, no God. We see that. It's brutal. That religion without God is brutal. Brutal to the very people that you, we were to serve. The ones that we are to show the love and grace of God to. Don't misunderstand me. Sin has a high price. Sin has a high penalty. And there is no uh, 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 sweeping sin under the rug here. She is obviously guilty. And she was publicly humiliated. I mean, her life now was going to be marked by sin and disgrace. A wound, the Bible says in Proverbs 6.33, and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. It says, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to every people. But they brought him to Christ, and he began, brought her to Christ, and he began to write on the ground. And, you know, everyone kind of wonders, you know, what he was writing on the ground. We don't know. We can guess. He certainly could have been just writing their names, their sins, the laws of Moses, and the judgments. I mean, he certainly could have done that. I don't know what he was, was doing, but I only know that in his mind, he thought, this is why I came. This is why I came here as a sinful woman, being accused by sinful men in darkness. The only problem was they didn't realize that they were in darkness. They didn't realize their need of a Savior. They didn't realize their need of Christ and forgiveness and mercy. And here he was, caught in the middle of this, and the picture of humanity is really nobody has the answers. Nobody had the hope. And that's why he began to say, hey, they're all in bondage. I can be, you can be set free from this bondage. You can be set free from this darkness through the light of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 3 through 5, he says, And why beholdest thou the mote that's in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite. First, cast the beam out of your own eye. And then, see, it's not wrong helping 
others get the mote out of their own eye. It's not wrong doing that. But certainly first get the beam out of yours. This humility to Christ and truly seeing the way to salvation and the way to hope. He says, first get the beam out of thine own eye uh, and, and then shalt thou see clearly. <laughs> I mean, you want someone, someone's getting a moat out of your eye. <laughs> you want them to be able to see clearly, don't you? I mean, anybody messing with your eye, you want them to be able to see clearly what's going on in the big picture. You want to see, Lord, I was thinking, Rebecca and I went to uh, Tennessee to, to Gatlinburg for our honeymoon. And there's that uh, a tram. You can ride up to the top of that mountain, and there's all the uh, amenities up there. You can go and do all kinds of stuff, see the bears and all, all these different things. And when we got up there, there was this big thunderstorm, a rainstorm, and so you weren't going to be able to go back down on the tram. So they had these like public buses who were going to come and pick everybody up and take you down this mountain, uh, you know, a winding with cliffs off on one side, and so this little bus comes pulling up, and we all load in, the bus is completely full, and it's pouring down rain, and thunder, and lightning, and there was a problem with the air conditioning unit, and it, and it, wouldn't, it wouldn't defrost, I mean, it was actually causing the window to get completely uh, fogged up, completely fogged up. And you couldn't see out the window at all. And he's standing there getting ready. We're all sitting there. We're getting ready to go. And he gets on his little CB radio and calls for maintenance. He says, uh, I uh, need some help here. Uh, I would do a Tennessee accent. I don't want to do that to you. That added to the story, though. That's fun. So we're all sitting there. And uh, he calls maintenance and says, hey, I've got a problem with my air conditioning unit here. I can't see a thing. And so maintenance comes, guy comes out of the rain, comes jumping in, he has a towel, and he just wipes off, one big swoop, he wipes off the windshield real quick in the inside, and, and, and goes out, and as soon as he goes out of, the, out of the truck, it just fogs up again, like that, you know? And we're all sitting there, everybody, you know, everybody's just watching in the, in the bus, like, what's he going to do? And he reaches over and grabs his, seat, his mic, he goes, uh... He goes, uh, yeah, I can't, I, I can't see a thing. Uh, you, just, you guys just want me to go? Or... And everybody in the bus is like, no, no, you don't want your bus driver going down the side of the mountain when he can't see, right? And the same is true with us as Christ. We've got to see. We've got to see who Christ is. We've got to see why he came. He did not come to condemn that's what he said. He asked her, where are your accusers, right? That's what he said. He said, where are your accusers? Under the law, you had to have uh, the accusers to condemn this person to death. And Jesus said, hey, where are your accusers? And then he says, neither do I condemn thee. That's what he had said in John chapter 3 and verse 17. He said, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Listen, it is not, it is not new news that the world is in darkness, that the world's in trouble, that people are lost. I mean, you know, to tell them that they're lost is no help. To tell them the way to Christ, to tell them the way to forgiveness, 
to tell them the way to be set free is where the hope is. That's what he said. I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This lady now marked by sin has a chance has a chance. He says, go and sin no more. She has a chance for her life to going forward to be marked by grace. He tells her to go and sin no more. And she probably thought, is that even possible? It's all she'd known. Sin of her own life, the sin of the people around her, her own sins. She thought, wow, is this, is this life even possible? To not have to be in bondage, to not have to be enslaved to this. And John 8, 12, Jesus promises the light of life. Where we don't have to walk in darkness, where we don't have to be in this bondage of sin. That's what he's saying in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. He says, for the wages of sin is what? Death. Jesus Christ is not minimizing sin. Listen, He is not minimizing sin and the penalty for it. If anyone, if anybody knew, if anybody knew the penalty for sin, it was Jesus Christ. His blood was shed on Calvary to pay that payment. He was, he was, he was brutally beaten and crucified for the payment of sin. He wasn't minimizing it. He was just saying the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a way out. There's a way out of bondage. There's a way out of the penalty of sin, the eternal penalty of sin, and that's through Jesus Christ. There's those in bondage to religion and superstition. The scribes and Pharisees are examples of this. There's freedom from from the desire of power, whether through politics or any other way. There's freedom from all that. I think of Pilate who was caught up in the politics and the power of it, looking at Jesus in John 18 and verse 37. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth, he says, Heareth my voice. And kind of sarcastically, Pilate said unto him, what is truth? Could you imagine a man spending his life in politics, spending his life in power, and then just saying, what is truth? You know what that that proves? There's bondage. There's bondage in people's lives. They are not set free from the truth. Look, you're, you're in John chapter 8. Look what he says in verse 30. John chapter 8 and verse 30. As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews that believed on him, If you continue in my word, 
Then are you my disciples indeed. What's it mean to be a disciple? What's it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? One that follows him. One that follows his word. One that seeks after Christ. We're not seeking after other people. We're seeking after him. Verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. And then he says in verse 36, If the Son therefore shall make you, make you free, you shall be free Amen. indeed. Amen. He says if. <coughs> if the Son. You know, to be free, to be f- free, that is a wonderful thing, isn't it? I mean, it is a blessed thing. The way to freedom is by surrender, though. The way to freedom is by surrendering ourselves to Christ, the Son. God's Son. The true light that can shine and darkness will pass away. Darkness cannot stay in this true light. We can be freed from our anger, from our lust, from peer pressure, from just plain darkness. This freedom is possible for every person. But he does say if, doesn't he? He says if the sun. You know the way out of darkness is through the sun. The way out of darkness is through the sun. Jesus Christ, God's only begotten sin here to pay the penalty for our sin. He, said, he says in verse 24 of John 8, I, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Isn't that a sad statement? Christ saying, listen, if you don't come to the light, if you love darkness more than light, you're going to stay in bondage. And be in bondage. He says, you know, the, the fear of death. Why do people fear death so much? There's something inside that tells us, hey, there is more than just this life. There is an eternity. He says, do not die in your sins. Believe on the Son. We can be saved. Listen, we can be set free from our past sins. From our present bondage. And have hope for our future eternity. If, if what? If we seek the Son. If we ask the Son, if we believe in the Son and receive that freedom. He says free indeed. This is, a, this is not just a, I mean he's saying you, you'll be really free. This is really free. This is not just the perception of freedom, but truly be set free. I think of Paul, look at, look at Acts. You can be set free and still be in bondage. You can still be in In jail, look at Acts chapter 26. I think of the story of Dave Spurgeon, the biker. He's in gangs his whole life, and well, his whole adult life, and was arrested and sitting in Montgomery County Jail when he accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And he was awaiting a, a, a prison sentence. And he said that he could see out the window all these people going by and people have their freedom. And he said for the first time in his life, while he was locked up waiting his prison sentence, he felt completely 
and totally free after being saved, after experiencing forgiveness. We can be set free even in bondage of jail, of prison. Why? Because it's in our heart. It's being set free in our soul, being set free from our sin, which is far greater. Acts 20, 26, verse 27. Paul's giving his testimony to King Agrippa. He's preaching the gospel to him and telling him, telling King Agrippa what happened to him. And he says in verse 27, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. How sad is that? How sad is it to be almost set free? Almost set free from, almost have your sin debt forgiven. He said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul says to him, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. So Paul said, I wish that you guys were all as free as me. I wish that you guys, even though I'm chained, even though I'm, 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 I'm looking at uh, prison and then death, he says, I wish that you guys were all as free as me. Paul knew that he was chiefest of sinners. And Paul knew that his sin debt had been forgiven by the mercy and grace of God. The Son, Jesus Christ, the Gospel, is the solution. It's the answer to all, all these problems that we face. You, know, you hear of the heroin problem in the world today. You hear of the divorce problem. Orphans. You hear of you know, all kinds of problems. Anything that you hear, you know what you say, what's, is this oversimplifying it that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the answer? No, because it changes men's hearts. It sets them free from being in that bondage. The gospel. At Calvary, we sang that this morning. At Calvary, that's where the sin debt was paid for. That's where it was taken care of. He says, that last verse of At Calvary, he says, Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy, there was great And grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. At Calvary. You say, what is it? What is it about us Christians and we look at the cross, something that's so, so horrid, so awful, so bloody, why is it that we look to the cross? It's because there, there is where our pardon was made. There is where God looks down and says, there sin can be forgiven. There is where the accuser says, they're a sinner. They've messed up. They have failed. They have fallen. Look at those people. Look at them. Look at the fault that they have. And he says, yeah, but at Calvary, I paid their sin and they accepted it and they received it and they've been forgiven, washed white as snow. That passage, as we read down through it, you know, it kind of goes against us a little bit. Thinking, you know, what is this saying? 
Is this not, is sin not as bad as we think it is? Or what is it? No, no, no. It's nothing like that. Again, this is not a license to sin, but it's a license to be forgiven. It's a license to be set free. It is Jesus Christ that made it possible. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to grace. The grace of God. We, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, those that have experienced this grace, as we bring people to Christ, why are we bringing them to Christ? Are we bringing them to accuse them? Or are we bringing them to say, hey, there is a way. There is a freedom. There is a way out of the guilt of the penalty of sin. That mercy that is great and free. John Newton, the writer of Amazing Grace. John Newton's mother died when he was six years old. And at 11 years old, he went into uh, uh, becoming a, um, working on sea and the ships. And eventually, he became a captain of a slave ship. He abandoned any and all Christian training that he had received and experienced as a little child and began to live a wicked life. John Newton was known and noted for his profanity and his cruelty. As a captain of a slave ship one night, there was a terrible storm and it seemed obvious that the ship was going to sink. John Newton cried out to God and was saved. He was converted. And that night, John repented of his sin and received the grace of Jesus Christ. Later convicted on his own through the Holy Spirit of the life that he was living as a slave uh, ship captain. He quit all that, left that job, went on shore, and soon after felt called to ministry and took a church in England where he pastored for many years until his death at 82 years old. When he wrote Amazing Grace, he says that this was his story. It was the amazing grace that saved him, and it was the amazing grace that was the focus of his preaching for the rest of his life. Amazing grace. And if we as believers are honest, that's our story. If we don't see ourselves as condemned without Christ, we can't have compassion on others. But we're not condemned because of Christ, not because of any good thing that we've done, not because that we're so wonderful. We are set free because of Christ, able to live a life without having to be in bondage to sin, free from that bondage of sin through Christ. You say, does that mean that I'll never be tempted to sin? No, that doesn't mean in these bodies that we're not going to be tempted to sin, but through the power of Jesus Christ, through His forgiveness, through His grace and His mercy that's new every morning, we don't have to be a slave to sin. We don't have to be in bondage to this sin. We can truly be set free. Set free from the fear of death through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Set free from other people's opinions. Set free from the sun. How? Set free from... You say, how is it that we are set free? 
through the Son. David said, God delivered him from all his fears. Isn't it wonderful to be free? Isn't it wonderful to be free? Truly free? To realize I am justified through Christ, just as if I'd never sinned. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. We're going to stand and sing together Amazing Grace. It's page one in your songbook. But if the Lord's spoken to your heart, if there's sin in your life, I, I encourage you to ask the Lord, come to the Son to be set free. You can come down to this altar or you can pray down here. Talk to the Lord. You said, I'd be embarrassed to do that. Don't worry about what other people think. Right, be amen. set free from that. Amen. You can turn around, kneel at your kneel at your uh, pew and pray. Why would you have this offer of Jesus Christ to be say, hey, I'll set you free. You can be free. Don't walk away from this opportunity of God saying, come, be set free from bondage. Come to the light. Come out of darkness and seek Him. Page one, amazing grace. We'll stand as we sing. If the Lord's spoken to your heart, pray and talk to the Lord. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me.
Lord, for the freedom that you have given us. Lord, the freedom that you've made available to us. God, help all of us to just seek after you and follow after you. Lord, just be so thankful for your mercy and your grace in our life. Lord, help us to tell others. Help us to show others uh, the way to salvation, the way to mercy, the way to grace, the way to have those our burdened soul find liberty, Lord, please. Lord, just uh, encourage us this week to seek after you and to tell others of your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.